Good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a good week. We have, like Brother Bell's already said, we got some out to illness. Uh, the Huffmans called and said they were, their babies were sick with fever, so let's pray for them. But I'm glad you're here. Good to have Aunt Sue, good to have Sherry back, and good to have Roy in Virginia, good to have the Crows. Glad to have you here this morning. <clears throat> it's already been said, the Lord's give us a beautiful day, sunshine. That was uh, not the case last night, but some of us met here and asked the Lord to be merciful to us, and, and I see that he has. It's good to have Brother Bell back. I, I have to say, I, I avoid you a little bit right now because I don't do well when I take a cold. I used to hop right through it, but I don't anymore. <laughs> All right. For our Sunday school lesson this morning, you would turn your Bible to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Uh, I got into this, I got into this uh, chapter last week, but I didn't get down very far in it. And I want to, I want to revisit, I want to revisit something I said last Sunday, uh, which is uh, verses eight through eleven. And uh, uh, so we'll start with verse five. To bring us up to speed, I'd like to get your minds on what the Lord is talking about. Now, the Lord is talking to his disciples, his apostles here. He's not talking to the world. If you read the chapters previous to this, he has just gone through the Last Supper with them, and he made a startling announcement that, that I'm going to leave you. And... and, and They'd been with him three and a half years, uh, and uh, he had taught Israel. He had sent them through Israel. He had given them the gifts of healing, and uh, uh, the gifts of healing, by the way, does not accompany, uh, we don't have apostles anymore. I don't care what you see on TV. We don't have apostles anymore. Uh, Apostolic age died with the apostles. Now, that leads me to say something. They were very important in God's work. The Lord had established a New Testament church, and He had not given any New Testament doctrine. So He left the apostles here to bring the doctrine. And as I say, uh, the apostles were the ones that taught the people. And the church recognized that. Chapter 11 of Acts, chapter 15 of Acts, you have a situation where the church people didn't know what to do. And you see this statement in there. Let us go up to Jerusalem to the apostles about this situation, which they did. And would you, would you be all right if I say the apostles still instruct us? Did you know six apostles 
plus two more men that were closely associated with the apostles wrote the New Testament. Six of them wrote it. And two men that were closely related to them. So, so they still instruct us in New Testament doctrine. Okay? All right. But G- Jesus was talking to his apostles and he made a startling uh, announcement. I'm fixed to leave. Wait a minute, Lord. You have taught us that you're the light of the world and, 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 and we have believed in you and, and you are going to leave us? That don't make a bit of sense to us. And, and, and if you'd have been there, it wouldn't have made a sense to you. But he had another announcement to make and he really made it in chapter 15 and in chapter 16, he's going he's gonna to come bring it back and, 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 and dwell on it a little more in detail. All right? Now, may I read with you in uh, verse 5, I'm in chapter 16. He said, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. And it did. And it did. Because they are wondering, what in the world are we going to do? Okay? Now, can I, can I say this? You and I have had Christians that we've known that passed on. And sometimes we have a thought, what are we going to do to place that man? And can I say to you younger Christians today, we don't replace some of these older Christian preachers. There's nobody coming along. Now the Lord's got some, but, but, but we have the same feelings sometimes. But the Lord... The Lord has got everything in control and he wanted us to understand that from his throne in heaven he is still running things. When he he announced that his resurrection to the apostles uh, he said all power is given unto me both in heaven and in earth. Now that means he's running things still yet. You see what I mean? But, but the world does not believe that. But God controls, the Lord Jesus Christ controls the world even through the minds of wicked men. Now, I don't like that sometimes. My flesh don't, but, but the Lord wants me to look beyond this veil of tears and look forward to his coming. Now when he gets here, when he gets back, and Brother Bell teaches this pretty often, when what we call a male reign, uh, it's his, his model prayer, part of his model prayer is going to be fulfilled. What part is going to be fulfilled? Oh Lord, that thy will be done in heaven, in earth, as it is in heaven. See, now he taught his apostles to pray that. So his, 
His will right now is not being fully done in the earth. In fact, we see the earth as a wicked place. I mean, look, we got, what, 20 here this morning? And there's, there's 30,000 people within 10 miles of this place? You see what I mean? But like I said Wednesday night, straight and narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that find it. That's sad. I don't, my flesh wished that it was said, many's going to find it. But he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, few there be that find it. All right, let me read on. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And you notice that word comforter is a capital C. So that means a personality. You see what I mean? So, so Jesus is trying, he's trying to get this, uh, this thought over to the apostles. I'm going to leave you, and I know you're sad, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And they were needing a comforter right, now, right then. And I've had times in my life when I needed a comforter. Right? That's right. All right? And when he has come... He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now, that's a comfort to Christians. But wait a minute. He's going to reprove lost people. See? Now, lost people had never felt this before. They had not felt it. I'll, I'll get into that if the Lord gives me time here in just a minute. See, he's going to come. Now, he's a comfort to you, but he reproves them. You see what I mean? It kind of reminds me a little bit. I got a thought. I'll put it out here and see if you like it. It kind of reminds me of the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that God had when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was light to the Israelites. It was darkness to the Egyptians. Right? right? That's right. So God's always made a difference in his people and those that's not his people. All right. Now, since he said this, said, uh, when he's come... He will reprove the world of sin. See? Now when you are lost, the Holy Ghost, when you hear preaching, the Holy Ghost will take that word and you do need preaching. That's why you ought to come to church even if you're not saved. Because you need preaching. See? It pleased, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. See, you don't get it anywhere else. You don't get it by going to false religion. Why? They don't have the comforter over there. They got a false spirit. I've had people to kind of uh, run backwards on me on that. One man said, 
Don't you think God can use his word regardless of who says it? Well, wait a minute. What did Paul say in Romans? How can they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? That's God's message. I don't care what makes good sense to your head. That's God's message. Now, I'm not trying to be really uh, uh, outstanding with that statement, but it's just what the Bible said. See? All right, I've got to get into my lesson. I'm chasing too many rabbits. Let's look at, really briefly, let's look at John 6, 44. I've already taught that, but I want to, I want to bring it back to your remembrance this morning. John 6, 44. John 6, 44. Jesus talking here now listen if you're lost you really need to listen to this no man can come unto me except the father which has sent me draw him now there's a promise to that if you obey it and I will raise him up at the last day there's the reproof that the Holy Spirit gives people and can I say this? In our dispensation, that's always the case. Now, they didn't have this in the Old Testament, I know. But in our dispensation, since Pentecost, we, we've got reproof of the Holy Ghost to lost people. Could I say just a minute, could I give you some personal testimony? I was raised in church. I sat back there. My, my parents made me go. I didn't want to go. They made me go. <clears throat> and as I sat back there on the back seat and tried to cut up a little bit, of course, my parents corrected me when I did that if they found it out. But I later on come under Holy Spirit conviction. I mean, and I... I just thank God every day that he did. Because I look back on my life and I, would, and, I, and I can see that without that, I would not have called on him. And I got some close friends that's close to my age and they went through it and they didn't call on him. But I thank God for that. For what? Mr. Pollard, for reproof. Your heart needs to be reproved. All right? Let's go to Acts chapter 2, and I want to deal with the, the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. Because Jesus said right here, he would send it. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2. I don't know how much of this I'll get done, but we'll see. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as on fire, and it sat on each of them. Now, it did not sit on each of the, uh, of the congregation. It sat on each of the apostles. 
You see what I mean? All right. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There is the first time we see a filling of more than one person with the Holy Ghost. Now, I know John the Baptist was uh, uh, Holy Ghost in his mother's womb, and, I, and that's, that's an exception, and it's true, but he was not given to the people. John the Baptist was a, 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 a given vessel. He was a chosen vessel from his birth. He was a chosen vessel, all right? But here, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, wait a minute. What were they gathered for? What were they gathered for? Somebody say Pentecost. Because that was a Jewish feast. And the, and the law demanded that believers show up for it, or, or even proselyte Jews. So that's why we have people out of every nation. They were proselyte Jews. They were not born Jews. They were, they were religious Jews. So they had come to Pentecost. Okay? Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now that was not blah, 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 uh, uh, Shendai, Shendai, Kunai. It wasn't that stuff. It was every man heard what they in their own language. That's right. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Uh, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, and Pontus and Asia, Phagra, Pamphylia, in Egypt, and the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. See there? I told you they were proselytes. All right? Uh, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. In other words, some people said they were drunk on alcohol. Okay? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, hearken unto my words. For there, these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now, the third hour of the day was nine o'clock in the morning to them. That'd be our nine o'clock. <clears throat> but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass... In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Did you get that? It had not been so previous to this. His spirit was not poured out on all flesh. Okay? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
prophesying in the New Testament, I believe, means testifying, not forecasting future things. <clears throat> they will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. <clears throat> and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in these days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Did you notice that's a capital S? That's a capital S. That's what God's going to pour out on people. See? <clears throat> and I will show wonders in heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If, if you're here this morning and you're lost, that message is to you. That message is to you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that means with a broken heart. That means you really mean it. You ain't playing twiddlywinks with God. You really mean it. See? All right. They, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I say this again to you? This had not happened before. It had not happened before. God's chosen people were Israel. And I say this pretty often. Let me say it again. Far as I know, in the Old Testament covenant, God never sent a preacher to anybody except Jonah to Nineveh. Say, so, well, didn't God love folks? God loves people, but he don't love their sins. See, that's the problem. When you go to get saved, the first thing God is going to do, put you under conviction, he's going to make you deal with your sins. You say, well, Mr. Pollard, uh, how, what does God want me to do? He wants you to confess them to him. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. You know why? Because you are. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'll say this statement. I think I've said it last Sunday. Let me say it again. Nobody, no human of Adam's race is too, too good not to need a Savior. And nobody is too bad that the Savior can't save. That's universal. See, I mean, Ephesians 2 and 3, which I quote so often, y'all probably got it memorized. We're children of wrath by nature. See, you don't have to do nothing to be a sinner. You will naturally do a sinner. You're a sinner by birth. You're a sinner by choice. And I'm trying to tell you this morning, God will not accept you in your sins. This stuff going around and, 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 and preachers saying, oh, God loves you. Uh, God loves you. Well, 1 John does say, God is love. But that ain't all God is. 
God is also holy. And his holiness will not let him save a sinner that does not repent and trust his son. His holiness just won't let you in. You've got to go, you've got to, go to heaven on the righteousness of another. Because when God looks at me and he looks at you in our person, there is no goodness. There is no righteousness. Paul said in Romans, Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. You see what I mean? You say, well, I'm a sinner. I know it. I was too. Without Christ, God imputes your sin to you and you're going to judgment like that. So you better get in somebody that's righteous and holy and will give you his righteousness. And God will do that. You repent and trust Christ, God gives you the righteousness of his son. And when his son says, Father, let so-and-so in, because he has repented and trusted me, God agrees and forgets what you used to be. I don't, I don't know of any, any, any gospel that's better than that. Man. You just, it's just free. One man said, what do I got to do to get it? What do I got to pay? Nothing. What have you got that God wants? Right. So, so he's got owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So you can't approach God and say, oh, God, I, I need to pay for my salvation. You don't, you don't have anything that's of value to him. See, you just repent, tell God how wicked you are, and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of off right now. Okay, verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him, in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. And they did know it. The Bible relates it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All the miracles and signs that Jesus did. Why did he do this? To make known to the human race that he's God. See, Brother Bell just taught us recently on the Godhead. I like that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. See? And they all got their part to play today in true salvation. All right? Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Listen now. Watch it. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. What? Now, did Peter say... God loves you, and would you make a decision for Jesus? Is that what Peter was saying? No. He was preaching on their depravity. That's what he's doing, and, and he's talking to the crowd. You done it. You did it. He wasn't a person now. 
them Smiths and them Jones that go to church over yonder, they crucified Jesus. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, you're guilty. And they were. All right? <clears throat> Whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Praise God. Wasn't possible for death to hold Jesus. See? That's good assurance for me and you. Not possible for him to hold Jesus. Not possible for, for death to hold me and you if we're in Jesus' hand. Right? He overcome death. Paul told Timothy, he hath abolished death. Ain't that good news to you? Ain't that good news to you? Christ has abolished death? I don't know what else you'd want. Man, that's better than, than five Cadillacs and a 17-bedroom house. For <clears throat> David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He's saying this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul would not be left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. See, God did not leave himself without witnesses in the earth. The apostles were witnesses that Jesus did rise from the dead. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, which he shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heavens, uh, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Set thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, Men and, and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Why were they pricked in their hearts? It was what Jesus promised in John 16. See? He's going to reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come. See? That's what the Holy Ghost reproves the lost man of. His sin. 
That's why you get under conviction when you're lost. See? Now, I might not do my job, and the men may not do their job, but the Holy Ghost will do his. You see what I mean? Now, did you get it over there when I was talking about that? The comfort of the Holy Ghost? The comfort of the Holy Ghost? He comforts you when you when you get saved. Now, for young Christians, let me say this. That does not mean you be tiptoeing on heavenly clouds the rest of your life. Does not mean that. But it means when you don't feel good spiritually. You go to the Lord in prayer, or you come to church and you hear that song, uh, uh, at Calvary, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died. It lifts you up. Man. See, that's what it means. does not mean that you're just going to float on cloud nine all the time. Now you will have some good days, and I thank God for that. But you see, they were pricked in their heart. Notice that. Peter was not giving them a, a speech of uh, trying to play some kind of psychology on them. Peter was not uh, a, a man of positive attitudes. That wasn't his message. His message was, you kill Christ. And God is going to uh, God is going to judge you for it. And what you better do is see if you can get the charges dropped. One old preacher said, I like that. See? Your sins helped kill Christ, according to, uh, according to Isaiah 53. He put us, it was all on him. My sins helped kill him. Your sins helped kill him. You think God's going to be friendly? To that, when you get to judgment, not if you don't know Christ. You see what I mean? <clears throat> then Peter said unto them, Repent, comma, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the gift of the Holy Ghost there did not necessarily mean speaking in tongues. See, the apostles did not get speaking in tongues when they got saved. They got speaking in tongues when Jesus called them together in Matthew chapter 10 and gave them that gift. <clears throat> and none of them in their message in the book of Acts prayed for it. See, that wasn't their message. Their message was what Peter said right here in chapter 2 of Acts. All right. Let's turn to Acts, Acts chapter 24, and I'll try to close this out. I hope you're paying attention. Acts chapter 24. Let's look at verse 23. 
Verse 23. Let me do 22 to bring us up to date. Now I want to do this to tell you that some people gets conviction and they turn it down. I hope you're not one of them. All right? And when Felix, Felix was the Roman governor, heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, when Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the utmost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul, let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintances to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. As he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, what did chapter 16 say the Holy Ghost was going to reprove men of? Huh? Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a more when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to shew the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. What did Felix tremble about? What did he tremble over? Holy Ghost conviction. I hope if you're lost that you will tremble over Holy Holy Spirit conviction and that it will set your heart to seek God as your Savior. Seek the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, And so we say that the Holy Ghost is given today among men. And he's given to bring Christians joy, a comforter. And he's given to reprove sinners. And let me repeat, repeat myself because I think it's very important. You cannot find Christ without Holy Spirit conviction in our dispensation. Now, I know lots of, lots of religions has got just do a good job, just do the best you can, love your fellow man, and I'm not against that. But all that stuff will not gain you a home in heaven. Without Christ, you won't make it. He's the only one. Neither is there salvation than any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. I hope and pray if you're lost this morning, you will ponder on this. Think about it. Our life is short. James said our life is but a vapor. It appears a little while, then it vanishes away. That's what my life's going to be. That's what your life's going to be. And I hope this morning as your friend, I want to tell you as your friend that you need a Savior. And I hope you'll, I hope you'll call on him. Hope you'll call on him before it's too late. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to me this morning. I'm out of time. I hope and pray that God will bless us today. 
Bless the message that comes. Bless your life. I hope he will even uh, cure you of your ills. But if he doesn't, do you know Christ? If you know him, as we said a while ago, death has been abolished for those that trust him.